0: I wanted to start the day off today. I um, ran across a quote that has always meant a lot to me by Jeffrey Gittmer. Obstacles cannot stop you. Problems cannot stop you. Most of all, other people cannot stop you. Only you can stop you. And I I thought that was very appropriate today for us having um, two, three, three new people, but two brand new people on the call with us today that just to kind of share their experience with what's going on. I was going to start with Logan this morning. Um, Logan, you've been active, been live for just a few days. Uh, you've relied on David, uh, David and myself quite a bit on your sales. Um, what would you like to say to others who are just like you? They really haven't closed their own deal yet. But they've still gotten sales because of the support we've we've given them. What would you like to say to somebody getting ready to go out this week for their very first appointment?
1: Um, hopefully, you can hear me. I think I'm unmuted on my end. Um, good morning. Sure. I would just say, oh great. Um, I would just say be patient with yourself um, because I I had three um, in a row that didn't go so, as well as I thought they would, and uh, I know it's a numbers game, but you kind of get in your own head and then. Um, I had a, a good, just a good streak after that. So just be patient with yourself would be my top recommendation.
0: Good advice. Let me ask you this. On the three that didn't go so well, what did you learn through those three? And if you had those same three appointments today, do you think you might have had a shot at one or two of them?
1: I do. Um, because I went in, I, I did a risk assessment on the first one and I thought younger couple, my very first one, I, I didn't really expect anything to happen. And then I walked in the house and I really could have done it if I had uh, prepared for the contingency of success instead of, you know, kicking the legs out from under myself and, um, and being more confident and a little bit more knowledgeable, um, I know it's been said on other podcasts in the industry I've listened to that you don't need to memorize all the products and be the most knowledgeable person to make the sale. And that's true, but I probably should have been a little bit more studious about which product, yeah, going into that first one.
0: Okay. Uh, I am curious. What what particular bit of information would you, had you known, would have made the difference?
1: I think I would have it's about reading the room in that case. Um, I would have studied them more carefully in their needs, um, because they they probably needed an accident policy, um, first, just because of their concerns. They, they weren't really cautious young people and an accident policy, um, is a little bit cheaper for them. And I think that might've been easier to sell than in term life in their case.
0: Okay. Great. Great. Um, one of the roles of going on appointments, for those of you who are on the call today when you're going out the first time, uh, part of the role is to make a sale. But equally important to making the sale is what did you learn in that process? And, uh, um, Logan and I had not discussed that part of this before, but I think that's an important part of what he's got to share today. Let me ask you this. Uh, since you started getting some sales here, what role is the support that you've received from your mentors played in your success so far?
1: In my case, it was totally essential. I don't know. um, (laughs) It might have taken me a few more to to walk into the right appointment for it to click for me um, because I had David uh, virtually there on the phone to guide me through it and guide them through it and talk directly to them. So it was a little bit like cheating, but I was very thankful for it to see it closed successfully
0: um well i guess your client was glad you cheated because they now have coverage without that they would not have had so that's important um now let me ask you this do you feel after having missed the first three do you feel like you would have gotten your first sale without the support of being able to call from the home
1: no i don't i don't think so not in that case um Eventually I would get one, but that sale, no, I, I wasn't walking in confident enough and calm enough to have got it on my own, I think. Yeah.
0: Let me ask you this. Uh, when you made that comment, I would have eventually gotten one. How, much, how do you feel that the planning before you go, um, having someone to call and listen to them close sales for you, how much do you feel that shorten your learning curve?
1: Probably by about five presentations. I don't want to sell myself short, but um it would have probably three or five presentations. I I really couldn't tell you because some of these you walk in and they're they're just ready to listen and other ones they are very cagey. Um and, and sometimes they surprise you. Um the one the first one made the sale on didn't expect that they were going to even listen and turned out they were very open. Um so I think it would have been about five uh, more appointments, maybe just two. Hard to say.
0: Okay. Well, that's, that's a great answer. Uh, now, in the process of having assistance, uh, what did you learn in the process in terms of getting the sale to closes, techniques, how we connect with the people on the phone? What impact has that had for you?
1: I think the main thing that I learned is to be decisive, almost inflexible, to know exactly what you're going to uh, present to them and not be shocked if they throw a curveball. Uh, obviously, if there's a medical thing that comes up, you would need to um, call a more senior underwriter to figure that out. But I think if someone throws me um, a curveball, I'm not going to blink. I'm just going to stay with, with the plan, stay with the policy that I had presented and, and not sound um, unconfident as I did Once on my own, um, I kind of changed the policies that I was presenting to them because uh, they sounded uncertain, and so I became uncertain in when I was presenting them. So I would say just stick with the plan that you walked in with and kind of have the same authority that a lawyer or a doctor might have. Um, Try to pretend to be a doctor is going to be my goal going forward.
0: Wow. The doctor of uh, mortgage protectionology, I like that a lot. Um, I'll give you an example, and this was not your case, but I had one last week where the agent gets there and the client throws up the fact, and I can't remember now who the agent was. I I intentionally don't do that, but they had a million dollars for the life insurance. And, of course, the first reaction is, and you all are going to run across this, oh, I've got a half million dollars. Well, a lot of times... It's a half million dollars on their job. Many times it's a half million dollars in a 10-year term they've had for eight years. Um, There's just a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. Uh, And a lot of times, yeah, I kind of point out, a lot of times it's an accident policy and they don't even realize it. You know, it's $28 a month and it's a half million dollars of the life insurance, and you're scratching your head thinking, wow, I wonder what company that's with, how they get that. And peeling the onion back a little bit is is one of the ways to do that. But this is a, a great training moment for all of you, is just point out, if you understand this concept, and when you made the comment about acting like a doctor, an attorney, being a professional in the field, understand one maximum that's always true. Life insurance is bought, and it's pigeonholed. When people buy it, they buy it for a specific reason – They buy it for mortgage protection, so they've got mortgage protection covered. Uh, They buy it for income replacement. They buy it for burial plans. They buy it to provide money for the kids to go to college. Now, let me tell you another thing that's true. Women understand that because they literally understand it from the standpoint of we need insurance for each of these things. They categorize it or pigeonhole it. This is how men think. They play the shell game. I've got a million dollars worth of life insurance. And okay, well, do you have income replacement? They move the shells around, they pull up. Yep, got a million dollars right here for income replacement. What about college funding for the kids? Well, they move the shells around and they pull the shell up, a million dollars right here for college funding. Mortgage protection, move the shells around. Yep, million dollars right here. They take that one policy and try to use it to cover everything with the hopes nothing bad will happen consciously, they feel that their conscience is clear because they've got the coverage, but it's our job to help them pigeonhole that. For example, on this million-dollar case, I would say, wonderful. You've got your income replaced for the next five years. Um, Just think how much longer that income replacement would go if Mary didn't have a mortgage payment to worry about. Now, what you're doing is you're trying to get one of them on your side so that they help you close the sale. Because we, guys, our goal is not to be high-pressure salespeople here. Our goal is to close the sale, but we're trying to get allies to help us. So that's that's a big deal and uh, great opportunity here. Uh, I have always felt that, uh, and remember, guys, what he just said a moment ago about being decisive. So start practicing these closes uh, scenarios before you go. And, and if you don't have an answer, call for help. But um, I've always felt it's not what you earn when you get your promotion. It's all about what you learn to get a promotion. Logan, how do you feel about that? Because you've learned a lot. But in your first week in the field, how do you feel about – what's your thought on that uh, statement?
1: About earning a promotion and, and, and learning? Um... Yeah, I would I would say that that um, is very appropriate to have to learn before you advance. And I mean, I I expect that before I advance, I'll have learned so much that I'll be able to to teach somebody else. Which maybe what happens is actually um, I might advance through recruiting um, some really talented friends I know, and I'll have to jump in and start showing them the ropes right away. So I better learn before I get promoted.
0: Well, let me ask you this. Um, That's a great thought process. What were you doing before you started with Equus? Were you in sales? What was your career path at that point in time?
1: No, I was. um, I was working for a septic company, and so I would have to. The sale was already completed, but oftentimes we had a problem collecting from people, and um, we we had to go in with a lot of confidence and just explain matter of factly. Look, this is a cost. It's a lot of money we wouldn't say we wouldn't say that, um, and so that gave me a little bit of uh preparation for just matter of factly going in and addressing the elephant in the room that we're this is an expensive service. it's valuable to you. I mean, can you imagine what you would do without um septic relief if your house is on septic? There's nothing you can do the same thing if your your spouse dies and you have no plan um to pay off the mortgage you're the client has to be real with themselves and real with you that they're in trouble if they don't start thinking seriously about making a financial commitment. And that's something that I, I learned actually from that humble profession of um, being in plumbing and septic.
0: Wow, what a what a connection there. Um, let me ask you this. How do you feel about uh, you know, our new agents started to 70%, and hopefully within that first six months, they're going to somewhere between 80%, 90 or 100% commission rate. Um, but they're earning money all along the way. Do you feel that it's worth the value of staying teachable and being mentored every step of the way as you work through that process to get to there uh, versus, say, starting at 90% getting no help at all?
1: Oh, Definitely. I, um, I would be so lost if I couldn't call you or Connie or David pretty much every day. I think I call one of you every every day, or at least maybe multiple of you every day. And without that help, it would have taken me, um, probably a month longer to make a sale just because I wouldn't have had the confidence to dial enough B leads knowing that it would work. Um, Because, you know, you you see all these presentations online, but without someone to actually talk to you and say, no, look, this is what I did. This is not just some guy on the Internet trying to sell you leads. This is what will work for you, too, if you just write down your calls, write down your weekly activity, and um, bring you down to earth. Because sometimes I call David or or Connie, and I don't even realize it, but I'm a little bit worried about this or that. Like, I don't know if I can... um, learn this process, and they'll just say, oh, no, it's it's easy. You just step left, step right, and then you're done. And I say, okay, good. And then I got contracted with all the providers, um, and uh, I know a lot more than I would have if I had tried to Google everything, that's for sure. <laughs> that's true.
0: Yeah, the learning curve that way is quite large. In closing... <laughs> Uh, for those people out there that are listening today, they really don't want to bother us. They really don't want to call for help. They think they got it. What would your advice to them be?
1: I would say call because it it really is um, everyone above you's job to do it. I mean, it will benefit them in the long term to to develop you. So you're certainly not bothering them. Um, the only thing, the only limit on that I would put is is actually listen to their advice. Don't um, say, oh, that was really interesting. They told me to keep dialing. Um, I'm not going to do that, but I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, write that down in my book and really meditate on that. I know you actually have to do the activities. So I would just say, as long as you're you're doing what people tell you, you're not bothering anybody. So I I call David like four times a day sometimes. And, um, he never gets frustrated because I actually do what he says.
0: So the activity and taking action is what we all need to take away from that. Logan, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Um, You've been through a lot, and I tell everybody when they first start with us, it will scare you how much you will learn in the first 30 days you're here when you look back on what you know 30 days from now versus what you knew when you first started. And that's been a mantra that I've been um, sounding off, 20-plus years because I believe it. I know when I first started, product, closing, presentation, preparation, all of that plays a big role in this. So thank you so much this morning for sharing that with all of us. Thank you. Um, Brad, um, you know often we have veteran producers on, and people that who are literally not not so often folks that are literally fresh out of the oven and the only traction they've gained is so, so far to be successfully on the calls and listing how do you transition from the idea of being successful in the field to actually being successful in the field
2: well Honestly, you just got to put boots on the ground. You uh, you have to listen to what the ones above you are training you to do, teaching you to do, telling you to do, coaching you to do, and you just got to go out and do it. Uh, in some forms, you need to do – you do have to have a little bit of thick skin because there's not a soul on this phone call right now that can say every telephone call they've ever made has been just sugar sweet. So, I mean, you're going to get kicked back. Uh, there's several – I mean, every one of us here – has to deal with telemarketers, and you have to sometimes combat that when you're speaking to people. So you just have to do what you've been shown to do, do what you've been told to do. You may not agree with it. You may not understand it up front, but then all of a sudden, you know, shazam, it's working. They're not kidding. It works. So just do what you've been told.
0: Well, I think we hear the – thank you very much for reiterating that because we hear it all the time on the calls where people are doing this or doing that, and there's a tendency if you are a little timid to not want to do it and say, ah, they probably really don't do that. Well, yeah, they do. You know, most most of what you hear on the calls, ours and the, and the Equus calls, they do out there, and they actually say they do. Uh, let me ask you this. What were you doing Uh, prior to joining Equus. What was your experience in sales, or is sales a new career for you?
2: Well, I doubted in it just a little bit. I uh, managed a DirecTV office for about 14 years and managed a Dish Network office the last five years. And with DirecTV, you didn't have an awful lot of sales. You had little what they call protection plans where if your service goes out, blah blah blah, you don't have to pay the full amount of a trouble call to get a technician there. But that was about it. Now, Dish Network was a totally different beast. They uh they have what's called, you know, in home services. And it's everything from mounting televisions to I mean, if you name it, they do it. they the guys are just basically a rolling Best Buy. But the difference between the two is that dish network you have to sell I mean it's not a you know if or that's you have to do it, and a lot of the technicians, when they transitioned to that model, they were hired as technicians, not salespeople and it's kind of hard to get a technician to that's been set in his ways for ten plus years to suddenly have to become just 100% driven to, to sale or you could lose your job. And it's kind of hard to get salespeople to do technician work, so it kind of got kind of stressful. But, uh, yeah, I did I did fairly well with the sales with Dish Network. But, uh, yeah, I, I had a little bit of experience with it in that.
0: How do you see this being different from what you were forced to do there? And I, I say <laughs> – I use that word – because a lot of the people in the property and casualty business are selling homeowners and car insurance you know and they've kind of got a gun to their head if they don't sell a certain amount of life insurance with that they um they don't get the bonus on the property and casualty this is so much different in my mind how do you see this being different in terms of helping people get the insurance versus being forced to sell them a service
2: oh this is a whole horse of a different color uh i mean this is honestly this is extremely enjoyable because i'm probably like a lot of people on the call i'm a people person and when i know that i'm actually doing something that's going to benefit you your family and those beyond i'm all i'm all on it and you can tell that when you speak to me and it's this is just i'm I'm eating it alive i love it i mean I'm, you know, kind of dealing with some older leads right now trying to set appointments, but, man, these people, when you show up, the first couple of minutes they're with you, they're, you know, they're looking at you. But after about five minutes or so, man, these people, they're just, they're so glad you're there. They actually know you're there to help, and they see that you're not the, quote, guy that's going to show up and try to charge them some astronomical amount that can't anybody afford You literally sit down, break out an action plan with them, show them options, find out what their actual desires, needs, wants, everything that they need, and you work with them. You don't just come in and say, blam, here's what it is, take it, leave it, thank you much, I'm on to the next. It's not like that. Be a people person, and it will go a lot farther.
0: Let me ask you, would you share with people how you feel like you convey that concept or that fact that you're there to help versus there to sell?
2: Well, just in your actions, your questions that you ask, you, uh, I mean, you show emotion, you know, it's just, you be a people person. Uh, I mean, and another thing too, that I always ask myself, I've learned this trick years ago in management. I mean, when you're having to manage 30, 40 people at a time, you know, it can kind of get hair pulling, but the five whys, (laughs) You know, just the five whys. If you go to a client, you don't make a sale, start asking yourself why. Okay, what happened? Okay, well, get the answer to that. Ask why that happened. Ask again. Ask. And by the time you normally get to the fifth why, you have an idea of why what actually took place took place. And you got, you're a little bit better. You're only going to get better with experience. If you don't make the dials, you're not going to get that experience. If you don't meet the people, you're not gonna get that experience. And Lord knows if you don't call David, Dick, Connie, whoever, you're not gonna gain that experience either. So y'all are extremely beneficial to what we do.
0: Well, that was actually kind of my next question there. Uh, we're liable to have a, a, you doing a call one day, going through those five whys, because I think that's a great concept. Um, uh, in conjunction with what you just said, what role has the support you've received from your mentors played in your success so far and how can new agents plug into what you got
2: oh dear god oh it's 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 humongous uh david and i you know laughed about it because again 30 years of management you know almost under my belt i could talk to masses of people like it's nobody's business i couldn't sit in front of david crocker for five minutes trying to do the phone script without about ready to choke him to death and him pull my hair out but it's a learning it's a learning you gotta go through it. David has been just tremendous help. Couldn't ask for anything better. And then when we called I called you last week from that nice couple in Mississippi down here, just sitting there listening to how you presented it, I'm like, man, I'd have never thought about that. Or, you know, little things you've told me. you know, I've spoke to you on the phone saying, Man, I'm gonna have to steal that from you. I kinda like <laughs> that one. So yeah, you you have to call. I mean, y'all y'all have been here. You've been there's not hardly anything we could throw at you. You haven't seen, heard, dealt with, and overcome. Tell us a little
0: bit about the time that you spent with David, um, both personally and um, and you might even share with him about taking off and flying from where you are to to Washington State. But tell us a little bit about that time you spent with David.
2: Well, that's just an attribute to his greatness, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. He, uh <laughs> He's tremendous. Uh, I, I learned he loves the Blues Brothers. Heaven forbid, Rubber Biscuit is forever engraved in my head. I can't forget that song if I tried. Uh, w- watching how David interacts with you know with people was amazing. I mean, just amazing. I, I tell him all the time, he just makes me sick because he's so calm. And I'm like, I'm about ready to pull my hair out. And he's just sitting there, next, next, next. I'm like, yeah, okay, okay, and then you just start watching him, and it's just like, bam, 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 bam. The way David conveys himself in front of people is something everybody needs to watch. I mean, there's, there's no other way to say it. I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to explain, but as far as the encouragement, the coaching, the guidance, the, I mean, if he has to get a little rough with you sometimes, he'll get a little rough with you. He ain't afraid of it, but it's all for your benefit. You know, if if you're going out in left field, he'll bring you back. You know, if you're discouraged, he'll, you know, pretty much tell you, toughen up, Buttercup. Let's roll. You know, on to the next. Don't let it. Don't let it stick with you. So I mean, it's it's been it's been amazing.
0: Well, it's interesting because I remember when David first started. You know, he struggled to get six thousand dollars a month in premium. You know, because he he didn't know any of this stuff. Uh, I'm sure yeah, he, he does was calm. that by
2: noon these days. No, yeah.
0: <laughs> a lot of days you'll go out and do that, like you say, by noon. I just absolutely love it. Um, what did you learn in the process um, getting those first few sales in terms of closes, techniques, and connecting? Sounds like you've got some experience in that, but give us a transition from what you were doing into how you've learned from us to start doing some of the same things yourself.
2: Well, uh, as far as what I was doing, you talking about prior to really listening and heeding y'all's advice, or are you talking about prior to working for Equus? Um, well, both. All right. Well, my, first, uh, my very first uh, client that I met with, Mississippi, is like a decade behind the rest of the world down here. And about the time I just really got licensed and started, the COVID-19 pandemic really started, you know, taking its course here in Mississippi. And uh, first customer I ever had, you know, I set the appointment on the phone. Everything was, you know, puppy dog tails and rainbows. And I showed up, the gentleman met me in the driveway. Uh, his wife, I, you know, she could have had a gun. She could have shot me graveyard dead right there. She didn't want me nowhere near him, nothing. And I didn't fully understand tobacco. And we were going through Foresters and his wife, of course, she was non-tobacco, young. Uh, he chewed, chewed tobacco. And I quoted him tobacco because he chewed tobacco. And Foresters I learned after the fact, doesn't consider that to be, you know, inhaling tobacco. So learn that lesson. Uh, I, you know, put that feather in my hat. I got that one under my gun now. I mean it's just I mean Dick it's really kind of hard to say because every everything you go every job you go to is the same but different and it's just it all falls back to you have to really ask questions you know who filled it out why did you fill it out what are your expectations what are your needs wants what you know all of that find out their budget you know and try to work up several different options to show them uh I I spoke with David this morning, the lady that I had an appointment at 1030 this morning with astronomical amount of money on her house. And at her age, there's no way I mean, I'm, I'm prejudging now because I don't know their financial situation, but for the full amount of her mortgage at her age, you're looking at like $400 a month, you know, 400 a month. And gosh, I just couldn't imagine her paying that. But you got to just be able to show options, and that's stuff that you get taught by you, David, and anybody else you speak and question on the phone.
0: Thank you for sharing that. I, I do want to springboard onto something from what you just said. Uh, we do have a tendency to think that it's expensive, and I've shared on this call in the past, called on a couple $490,000 mortgage. He was 52 years old. And uh, so I showed her $150,000 without blood work and $490,000 with. And immediately she says, well, we're not doing blood work. So we went back to the simplified issue, and when I got to page two, I said, now, if you could raise your premium from $100 a month to uh, $351 a month, at the end of 20 years, if you're kind enough not to die us you're going to get $124,000 or whatever it was back. And she said, well, I can do that. Just boom, done. Well, I had already figured the rates. Now, remember, on a simplified issue product, many of them, the motion goes 250000 So I had figured the rates on 250000 and it was $621 a month. And I, I knew not to show it to her because most people are not going to spend that amount of money. But when she jumped right on that three fifty one, I said, "You know, Mary, I said now that I see how healthy you are, I think you might qualify for up to two hundred and fifty thousand with money back." She said, "Well, Dick, how much would that?" Be? I said, "It's only six hundred and twenty one dollars a month." She said, "Well, I <laughs> can do that." Wow. And. Uh, wrote her husband a $200 a month case, her $621, $821 in premium. Guys, that was right at $10,000 in premium in one home. They were thrilled. And I
2: bet you and I bet you took Connie out to eat after that, right?
0: Well, I had a grin on my face I couldn't get rid of. I'll tell you that. <laughs> he said it. <laughs> That's it. Um, Thank you very much this morning, uh, Brad, for taking the time, and I hope everybody is kind of zeroing in on his personableness and just connecting with the people. But thank you so much for sharing with us this morning. Yes, sir. Okay, Mariana. Um, We had Mariana on the call a few weeks ago, and uh, I think you've all heard the interview that Robert posted with her, um, but we just wanted to get an update today. Uh, Mariana, you hit the numbers for both your first month, April and May for your first promotion, and assuming you keep this pace, you know you'll be getting your first promotion at the end of June. Um, now, as I recall, you had no sales experience before this. What do you think has been the most helpful in learning this new business for you?
3: Great question, Dick, and thank you for having me on here. And I believe the best approach here is finding success and copying it because being a new agent and being introduced to a new system, um, you know, it, it is a pretty steep learning curve, and you have to trust your leaders, and you have to ask for help when needed, even if that means, you know, calling Robert and Dick and Connie 10 times a day. It takes what it takes, right? And so uh, that has helped me a lot, um, and just uh, you know, showing up on time, working hard, and constant learning also is a part of the mix for sure.
0: Well, you're right. Showing up on time and that constant learning is such a big part of with what we do. Uh, how is the success of other women at Equus? Because you know we have got a lot of brand new people on the call here today, and uh, we've got a couple of ladies that did not want to build a team when they started. They just went out and sold that have earned between $250 and $1.5 million just selling. Um, How has the success of other women at Equus, Mariana, impacted you?
3: It's very empowering. Equus Nation provides a pretty cool, diverse environment, and it's awesome to see that it doesn't matter if you are a lady or if you're a gentleman or if you have an accent or if you're 20 or 40 or 70 year old, you can do this. Equus has created an amazing system, um, structure. We have some of the best carriers in the country, some very competitive pricing, uh, some of the best living benefits as well, and um, a very awesome lead system as well. So everything has been already structured for us, and uh, it doesn't matter where you come from, what is your background, do you have sales experience or not, it seems like a lot. You know, in, in my personal experience, a lot of this is already taken care of, and I'm just plugged into a system that works. It's as simple as that, right?
0: Well, yeah, the system is is the key, and people plugging into it. Uh, a lot of people don't recognize recognize it like you have, though. Yeah, it, they look at it as more of a street sign to turn right rather than a blueprint to build a business. Uh, And I'm not sure where that came from for you, but that's a, a very important ingredient for you. What's your advice today for a new agent starting this week on the phone and also on seeing clients?
3: Great question. So I believe momentum is where everybody, you know, has to start. And the way you build momentum is by getting enough leads. You have to have your foot through the door, And in the beginning, it could be scary, and we all doubt ourselves, and we have our moments when, you know, we don't feel motivated or uh, our, you know, our heads aren't there, but you have to take the first step, and everything else will take care of itself. You know, like I said, you have to show up on time, you have to work hard, but you have to get enough leads so that you can build momentum. You have to talk to enough families and, and, you know, understand where their pain is and, and figure out how you can help them. and and um, it, it's a learning process. It's a constant learning process, and that's where the leaders come in. That's where um, you and Connie and, and Robert are, you know, it's just a very important part of, of, the, of, the, of the structure. You know, for new agents, I would just say, like, don't be scared to ask for help. Uh, I still ask for help every day. And um, you, you can't think of, oh, I'm, I'm bothering my leaders too much. That's where they're there for. They're happy that, you know, we're, we're building momentum and that we're learning and that we're talking to, to, to families at the end of the day it comes down to how can we be of service and how many families can we protect? And we do that together as a team. I
0: hope of, of every th- one of the most important things that's been said today is what you just talked about here with momentum. The only way you get momentum is through what we refer to as resources, um leads. Leads are the lifeblood of our industry, and I compare leads to a gallon of gas. There's only so many BTUs or so much energy in a gallon of gas, and once you've gotten all the energy out of that gallon of gas, there's nothing left. You need more gas, and having resources are the only way you're ever going to gain momentum, and if you're on this call today now, And your goal is to keep calling the leads you have over and over and over and over again. You might as well go get another job because it's not going to work for you. You cannot build momentum without energy, and the energy comes from the leads and the people that you get to see. So, guys, take what Mariana just said to heart because that's one of the most important lessons to learn from today's call so far. Um, You have hired some teammates. Uh, Princess and Laura both have passed their exams pretty quickly.
3: Uh, what? Do, why do you think that was? They're motivated, Dick. Um, you know, we all work together in the food and beverage and the hotel industry right prior to, you know, COVID shutdown, and we have all been laid off indefinitely. And they're excited to be uh, learning new skills and to take control of their life. There's just so much uncertainty right now, and there's, you know, plan B, plan C, all of that has been lost. So now we get to be in control, and and this is an amazing, amazing nation to be part of, <laughs> a quick nation, that is.
0: Well, the motivation uh, is self-imposed uh, <clears throat> most of the time. Right now what we're going through, it's imposed from every angle coming at you. But uh, where do you see yourself in 12 months, Ariana?
3: I see myself um, here at Equus, and I'm not very big on, on goals. I try to just do my best every single day and, and, and get better every single day. I am hoping to have uh, an amazing team uh, where we do uh, you know, training calls and role plays every week and just you know, keep each other accountable and just um, help as many families as we can.
4: Well, that is that, that doesn't sound like not having much goal to me. That sounds like that not like a tremendous goal. And I, yeah. the, the really good thing is that Robert is going to help you do that all along the way, uh, Mariana. And uh, I. Uh, remember remember when my kids were little and they would go to the dentist, we would pat, pat them on the back for getting a good report. So I hope you got a good report. <laughs> and uh, uh, we just really, really appreciate you working us in this morning and being on the call, Mariana.
3: I appreciate you as well. You guys are the best.
4: Thank you, Thank you so much. Hey, I just want to say to Logan, Brad, Mariana, we're just really proud of all three of you. Um, we look forward to meeting you and seeing you in Orlando for the uh, January conference. Uh, as soon as we are able to do this, I would want all three of you to book your stay and any agents you have, get them there in uh, Orlando. i tell you after this dry spell of not being at e- any Equus events, it is it is difficult. I had a, uh, an agent last night ask me, you know, what are you hearing from the managers? Man, we when- <laughs> you know, we're not hearing a ton more than you. We we do talk to them occasionally. Uh, we do talk to um, uh, Bill, um, um, Rob, and Barry. But, you know, everybody's you know, in the same ocean on little different boats, but pretty much, uh, you know, in this together. So we're looking forward to getting back with uh, our Philadelphia meeting and uh, seeing some more people. We, you know, the one thing you've heard this morning is to connect, okay, to call, to reach out to us. So we're here for you. We're going to um, make this uh, recording available And uh, we'll talk to all of you again throughout the week and uh, next week. So have a good one.